0: You're listening,
1: listening to a Flower Pop production. Hello lovely people. How are you? Are you good? Or are you feeling a touch of that Christmas overwhelm? Well, fear not. Coach and author Joanne is here. She's back. We told her story in last week's episode. And today, in part two of the interview, she gives some wonderful advice. So just moving on then, Jan. So obviously, we're recording this, we are in December, and we are in the Christmas season. Now, your book, how to, I mean, all your books are relevant, really, I think, but the, you know, how to find calm in five minutes a day. Now, just in terms of Christmas. So there's so many things here. I mean, I think one of one of the first things for me, I what I find quite tricky about Christmas is that Christmas is supposed to look a certain way sometimes. And it might be that's how it was in your past, or also what you see in Good Housekeeping magazine, and all you know these perfect images, and and for lots of people, Christmas isn't quite exactly how they would like it, or they may have lost someone, or you know there's there can be lots of sadness around uh, uh, family Christmases, and if there's problems in families, so if someone's struggling with that at the moment, you know what would your advice be to that person? Who- I think uh, well, there's that word should, which yeah, we know is, is, look at is, that. Is a like um I
0: think the the big thing is to let go of perfection yeah there's no such thing as the perfect Christmas you know anything you see in good housekeeping magazine on Instagram or, or whatever we know there's an abundance of stuff that has gone into um making that image appear and it's just an image it's just it's a facsimile it's not real life you absolutely will get stuff wrong we will all forget things, we'll burn the food, um, we'll get frazzled, um we'll drink t- drink too much, eat too much rubbish, just all all the usual kind of stuff. I I think get comfortable with the fact that um a perfect Christmas is an imperfect sort of one and and you know and it's never ever going to look like any type of image that you've seen anywhere else. I do think it's a, it's a hard time of year because there's there's so many sensory experiences that only happen at Christmas. So there's particular foods we only have at this time of year, songs that we hear, you know, all the hymns and everything, smells that we smell, particular, you know, just particular things that we do that come around um, year again and again. And so they bring up all those memories really sharply, but then they also show us what is missing and in particular, who has gone and how things have changed. And all of that is, it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult to um, to deal with. So I think this is a time like no other to really take care of yourself. So maybe think about what are the parts of Christmas that you love the most? What are the parts that you, you really enjoy and find fun and focus on those things, make those things happen first or if there's part of it that's not fun to you, well, how could you make it fun? Music, I think, is such a wonderful way to just evoke a different state of mind. So maybe make yourself a wee playlist of the songs you love. They don't have to be Christmas songs, but just the th- the things that, that you enjoy and that will put a smile in your face and be listening to that as you're doing all the other kind of endless list of uh, chores that we all have to do at this time of year. I would think really, really carefully about the commitments that that you take on. If something doesn't um, make your heart lift in a positive way, I think you've really got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why, Why am I giving my energy to this? And sometimes you know, we do put ourselves out to make other people happy, but I think it's important that you're not only making other people happy,
1: Mm. I, absolutely. so I think
0: it's looking looking for the, the the pockets of joy for you and making sure that, that you experience them as much as you can
1: yeah absolutely that's got such good advice and if somebody is listening to this and they I think as well when you've got um when you've got young children my boy's a little bit older now they're they're 11 and four uh, nearly 14 so that's calming down but I think there's that stage where especially at school and my goodness there's a flurry of everything you know activities and nativities and and you sort of want to do your best and you looking back I think now my goodness some of it's just utterly ridiculous just ridiculous and unnecessary as well without being a a, you know a miserable person at Christmas but especially if you're working and then you're you know trying to get presents if you're going to be hosting families all this kind of thing so if somebody's listening to this now and they are really feeling that feeling of overwhelm what would you say to that person?
0: Oh gosh, I, I really I relate to that so much. I can remember those wee green book bags coming <laughs> home, and every day there would be something. Oh. You know, um, gosh, some some schools seem to behave as if you, as a parent, have no other job to do mm. other than just serve your child. So, so you you know, making costumes, turning up for things, um, you know, de- delivering, making cakes. Yes. presence for teachers, all just, oh God, um, all that stuff. I, th- I think the more you can simplify it, the better. Um, if something's optional, well, you don't necessarily have to do it. If it's where you've got to provide something, look to do that in a, as simple a way as possible. When my children started off at school, I, I was up at God knows what time, you know, making my best homemade cakes to send in. And, you know, by by the end of their school life, it was, you know, you kind of shove a packet of mint pies at them and, and that's <laughs> fine it's 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 fine not to have everything super super homemade and and um you know trying to be at your kind of top best all the time um i think just just do what you can but look to simplify it and and make it straightforward you know um mm-hmm. with, with everything that the I mean i keep i keep a running written down list of stuff I've got to do at this time of year so I find for me it's really helpful just physically writing things down because then you're decanting it from your head onto a piece of paper although by the time you get close to Christmas my to-do list has got like little branches coming off it It looks like a Christmas tree (laughs) in itself it's got multiple different things Um, you never know quite how you get through I think also let go of the fact that it has to be you doing everything Um, I I think this may be something that we as, as, as mummy martyrs might fall a little bit into that, you know, if a costume has to be made for the, the kids that it has to be you doing it. Um, I had some parcels to take around to the post office and my, my husband just, uh, he said he was going to the post office. So he agreed to take mine and I was kind of acting as if he was some great messiah doing me a huge, huge favour. <laughs> but actually why should it be me having to go to the post office when when he's already doing it? So I, I think that as much as you can delegate or get rid of really stop and ask yourself if there's things that you've done every year do you need to do them again do you want to do them again you know if you've always made a Christmas cake from scratch does it actually give you pleasure to do that or is it just you've got in the habit of doing it I think there's no harm in stopping and reassessing how you do your Christmas and thinking about you know is is there a shift that you want to make this Mm. year because particularly like you were saying if your kids are teenagers around that kind of um, stage of life, there'll there'll be different things that you'll want to do um, as family. And so it doesn't always run that you do the same things. Year after year, and I, th- I think a lot of us would benefit from slightly shaking up our, our Christmas and, and doing things differently.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And on, I mean, just while I've got you here, joanne because there's so many questions. But if you're another another side of thing that, um you know, if you're hosting or whatever, you're spending time with family members or friends, or you know, if you've got a difficult person, if you've got a difficult person, and especially when there is a bit of alcohol around, or you know, how do you and the pressure that everything, you, you know again, particularly as you've got to this time of the year, how do you suggest if you have to deal with somebody who you find difficult, what would your advice be?
0: Okay, so if you know them to be difficult, you will have been in their company before. So really sit down and and think to yourself, what is it that I find difficult about this person? Because again, that goes back to what we were talking about in terms of pushing our buttons Um, It's rare that you find somebody that the whole world finds difficult. You know, some people can just... Deal with people quite quite easily. So be very specific because calling something difficult is is a vague label. It's very hard to deal with something that's vague. It's like trying to catch a cloud. So think to yourself, what is it about that person? Is it that they say things that are a bit mean? That they've got some attitudes that you don't agree with? That they hog the TV or they drink too much? Really, be specific on what it what is it that you expect and then then once you're specific then you can make a plan around that you know do, do do you just grin and bear are there some parts of it that actually aren't worth engaging with i mean so what if they they want to watch the telly all themselves that's fine you get up and go out and go for a walk and do your own thing do, do your own uh fun stuff um, could it be that there's somebody else in your family who doesn't find that person difficult to deal with? so maybe you can put them together mm-hmm. at the table so it becomes less of an issue for you. I think the more specific you get on what the problem is, the more the easier it becomes to then find a solution to that problem and sometimes there's not sometimes you know you you, you just have to um see that that you know that this is one of the imperfect parts of your imperfect. Christmas. And, you know, you'll
1: miss them when they're gone. Mm, mm, it's so true. It, it's all about bringing back, it, in one of your episodes, you spoke about it, about the feeling of control that actually, you know, the truth is we're not in control of anything no. around us. As you gave the example of making a cup of tea, even that you could go and then not be any milk in the fridge or, which I think is actually the case in our house at the moment. It really is. But but it's it's the fact that if you, it brings gives you that and that horrible feeling of powerlessness and hopelessness which can really um, I think creep up on you and it certainly had done with me but actually if you can then like you say that is taking control and being very very specific well then oh that person's so difficult but if you're very very specific it actually gives you a little bit of feeling of control over yourself a bit as well and that's quite liberating I think. Yes
0: I mean it's um, as I talked about you can split things into um, things that you can make a difference about and things that you can't, okay? And if there's something that, that, that you fretting about it, worrying about it is not going to make any difference, then I think your challenge to yourself is is to let go of the worry, let let go of focusing on it because it's not going to make any difference at the end of the day. If there's something that you can change, then your challenge is to identify what can you do to make a change and when will you Do that. You know, if you keep inviting the difficult person every year around for Christmas, um, you can't then complain that that there's a difficult person in your house because you've invited them in there. You know, again, maybe you decide to do something differently. Maybe you don't see them on Christmas Day. Maybe you go out another time. Um, Often I think emotions can be heightened heightened because everybody's in the same house. For, for days usually more people that you've got room for in your in your house mm. um, for days and days on end and that, that can often lead to heightened emotions can't it yeah. but I, th- I think it's a, it's a question of asking yourself what can I change here and then what will I change here and what am I actually going to do
1: yeah yeah, absolutely. And something that you spoke about in your book, um, and it's, this is something that I do, but you talk about journaling. I mean, and in your book, you talk about sort of different things you can do in different times of day, especially you as we all sort of tend to feel our overwhelm at different points of the day I tend to feel it more in the morning I think when I wake up but you suggest and this is actually something I do do journaling and actually what I love is that you give really practical tips so rather than just journaling about how you're feeling but actually you know what does calm look like today or what am I going to find challenging today and that again just gives you that feeling of a bit of intentionality I suppose over your day and 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 that helps as well
0: Yeah, I I think any time that you write stuff down, you take it out of your head where it's all swirling around and feeling overwhelming. You get it down on paper in black and white. And I I do think that um, there's something about the physicality of having a a pen in your hand and writing stuff down on on a piece of paper, sort of the oldie pen and paper that we used to use before we all had smartphones. Um, Once you've got it down in black and white, then it becomes a thing that is much easier to deal with, a a thing that you can get your head around a bit more in in a way that when it's in your head and it's all swirling about, that's really, really difficult. Uh, You know, journaling, um, some people find it tremendously helpful to journal every day. Um, I personally, I tend to write stuff down when I'm trying I'm trying to work stuff out. Mm. Um, this is why I, I mentioned to you my kind of once a month meeting mm. with my team, i.e. me. <laughs> um, I find that really, really useful to just ask ask myself, um, you know, what have I learned from any situations? And there's always a lot of interesting stuff that comes up. I mean, journaling is some, something that it may feel like it's an extra thing to add into your day around Christmas time. But even just a simple Writing lists, you know, writing down what, what you intend to do, um, that can just be so helpful to, to make you feel like you're maybe not in control, but you've got more of a handle on everything
1: that's going on Mm -hmm. and sort of breaking it down into sort of bite-sized chunks as well not trying to do everything all on one day and that and just sort of then you can if you schedule it out you can see actually this is this is doable it's like you say it's just all breaking it down and like you say when you name what the problem is or you name this this helps in such a way and it gives such a clarity and and presumably as well you would say i mean christmas it's what christmas is for you so like you say if it is having those moments or watching some lovely christmas films or going for a nice walk or christmas can be for you what christmas is it doesn't you don't have to subscribe to what to making it everything for everyone
0: no absolutely because we've all met people who you can never please Yeah, at no matter how much thought you put into their gift or how you're going to spend the day or or, or whatever i think you just have to do whatever you can do from a place of love and kindness and, and try and give that out into the world and and be acknowledging that sometimes the, the, the difficult people that we meet there may well be a very good reason why that person is difficult at Christmas as we talked about how evocative a time it is you know it may be that they maybe haven't had happy Christmases before it may be that you're missing somebody who would normally be there and, and you know isn't isn't with you for whatever reason I think there's a lot a lot of challenges a lot of potential for stress and anxiety around um christmas time this, this is why I kind of identifying it the the parts of it that you enjoy um is is really the, the place to start
1: mm, it's such good advice john it really is thank you so much and just sort of stepping away then from christmas um if somebody is uh listening to this and okay they might have a big christmas to-do list but then you know they're perhaps they're gonna do what you do and have a, a meeting a team meeting with themselves uh which is just such a fabulous idea you know if someone's feeling really stuck listen to this thinking do you know i just i do want to do something Different. Life for me is not working as it is, whatever that may be be it a job, be it just the way of living, be it feeling unhealthy, but just feeling completely stuck. And actually, do you know what? No matter what I do, it's never going to be any different. If somebody is feeling like that and feeling quite negative, so is still not 100% convinced, although they probably should be after listening to you because I think it's just such great advice. But what would you say? Sorry, I said the word should then again, apologies. But um, what would you say to that person who is just feeling really stuck and helpless and really doesn't know what they want to do next but know they need to change in some way? Well, I mean, the the
0: obvious thing is to talk to someone else you know that's how you get an objective eye on your situation and that's how you open yourself up to um more thoughts that that um that you maybe wouldn't have come up with by yourself um obviously the obvious thing is is a coach career coach life coach whatever i would i would say coaching is mature enough now as a business because obviously i have been doing it over 20 years so i've seen how it's grown and grown that Um, coaches tend to specialise in particular worlds or particular issues. So if you have a a, a, a particular type of job, let's say you're a teacher, an accountant or whatever, there will be a coach out there who specialises in teachers, accountants, or as I do, people in media and and the creative world. So I would be looking for somebody um, who, who knows, your particular world. I do think it's quite common to feel like you want to change, but feel quite overwhelmed and not know what that change might look like. um Sometimes, you know, when you could change and do ev- anything at all, having too much choice is the same as having not enough choice because it it can just it's overwhelming. It's, it's too much. You don't know what to do next. And this is where another person can really help you to kind of guide through that. But I would maybe start to think about um, if if you. Don't have a clear picture of what you want to do, but you know you you need to make a change. Maybe make a list of the things you you don't want to happen. What you know, what what is going on in your life right now that tells you that something needs to change? And that this is where probably writing stuff down, journaling, is really really useful. What is going? What do you not want to happen um, in in your next job? What 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 is going going on that you would like to take with you? And what have you, are you absolutely done with and you don't want to happen again? I think sometimes being clear on what we don't want can be quite a useful steer if, if you're not clear on, on what you do want.
1: Mm. And would you say, I mean, if you, d- if you do know what you want to do, so say, for example, if you work in television, but you want to work in interiors, say, would you, when you say go to a specialist, do you go to the specialist in what you already do, to help you change or would you go to the specialist in what you want to do i suppose it depends if you know what you want to do if that makes sense
0: i mean either really um I, it, yeah that's, that's a good question I, I, I mostly when people come to me they don't really know mm. what they want to do next i think i think it probably is more useful to talk to somebody who knows about the world that you are in and has helped people navigate um away out of it for some reason I've, I've had quite a few um clients who've been working in television and they've wanted to become garden designers right. multiple people that are going into the world of garden design. I don't know anything about garden design at all but I can see that when you're a creative person who's good at project managing which you know when you're a tv producer that's perfect for that world that fits quite well into something like garden design because you're, you're carrying those things through with you so yeah I mean either I, th- I think it's a question of looking around at the coaches who are out there and who do you feel a connection with who do you feel that you really um, resonate with I had a client a while ago and uh, I was really pleased she, she said to me you know I was looking at all these career coaches and they're all very alpha and you're not like that at all. And I said, yes, right, you're exactly right. As I said, I'm not somebody who will pitch up and tell you how to live your life. But what I will do is I will help you find how you want to live your live your life. Coaching is not about, you know, being some kind of strict super nanny type figure who's going to wag the finger at people and tell them what they're doing wrong in their life. It, it is about kind of gently helping them connect with Um, where they want to go next and make changes that will make their life a better place to be in
1: well look Joanne Mallon you have definitely made our worlds a better place to be and thank you so much today you've given us so much advice and for your podcast your books and it's certainly helping Christmas and everything so um, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest on the next chapter
0: really lovely to talk to you Ali thank you so much for having me today
1: So there you are. I really hope that helped. And what next when it comes to Christmas? Well, I love this. The perfect Christmas is an imperfect one. I'm going to really, really remember that. I also love Joanne's advice about writing everything down and using writing to work out what the problem really is. Now, you can find Joanne and her wonderful work at her website. The link is in the show notes. You can find me and my books at elliebarkerwrites.com. And if you're a mum feeling like you can't do anything right, well, my books, The Juggle and the Secrets of the coffee club, touch on exactly this. I'm hoping they'll make you feel like you're less alone. Now this episode is brought to you in partnership with Empire Fighting Chance. They're transforming young people's lives and if you have any concerns about a young person in your life, their work is making a difference all over the world. And that's a wrap for Series 10. Thank you so much for listening. I've already started recording conversations for the new year and I'm so excited to share them with you. Next chapters and New Year's, here we come. But in the meantime, happy Christmas. I hope it's perfectly imperfect. I think you're brilliant and Joanne does too. Speak soon.